since this is from a recorded talk. So this time it's the occasion to sit in meditation, make our minds peaceful, to cultivate the metta brahma vihara, the divine abiding of loving kindness. And this uh, loving kindness brahma vihara, it's a meditation object to make our mind uh, at peace. It's like when the weather is hot, we need coolness. And this hot weather can make our body uncomfortable, uh, too hot, like having a fever. And in this case, we use uh, coolness to reduce the fever, to reduce the heat. So when the mind is too hot, then we need coolness as well. And this coolness is the loving-kindness, uh, Brahmavihara, the divine abiding of metta. So we build this merit. We practice generosity, uh, virtue, meditation, making our minds peaceful. We spread loving kindness to ourselves, to wish ourselves uh, well, to wish ourselves happiness. And we wish happiness and well-being to all beings as well. So at this time, the economy is going through a difficult time where uh, things are very expensive, like oil and other uh, things that people wish to purchase. They're getting more and more expensive. So this makes it harder to for people to live their lives, harder for them to be in the world. So it's hard, but we cultivate loving-kindness. We practice the meditation on loving-kindness. Because we have the fires, the heat from raga, dosa, and moha, from greed, aversion, and delusion. And these fires are very hot. And it's true that there is some pleasure and happiness to be found in the sense objects, the pleasure of the senses. But the mind receives uh, drawbacks and receives pain and suffering from these same experiences and objects as well. These drawbacks arise with greed, aversion, and delusion to the point where one may uh, even harm or kill others based on these mind states. So this is a fire in the mind. So if one doesn't practice meditation and cultivate the mind, then such an individual won't understand this. They won't know. Let's have a sense of self, a sense of me and mine all the time, be swayed by their hopes and fears. So therefore one must be careful one must be mindful to gather the mind together to samadhi, to collectedness. For instance, if there's no uh, virtue, if one has no virtue, it's, it's hard to live together in the world. For instance, if one's driving one's car on the road and one encounters another driver, let's say one driver has virtue and the other doesn't have virtue, so therefore, in this case, the one with virtue must practice patient endurance, must practice loving-kindness, and practice forgiveness. Sometimes individuals uh, without virtue or with bad mind states, with aversion, um, they'll perform acts that are harmful or damaging, acts of bad karma. Therefore, one practices giving forgiveness not to not to carry anger and aversion around in one's heart. 
So we can see that this virtue is able to be established in our minds because of loving kindness. And this assists us in the giving of forgiveness, the, uh, we can call it the dana of forgiveness. And this is a very important uh, thing to have in the mind. So we have the parami, the spiritual perfection of generosity. So we practice giving various things. And one thing we practice giving is forgiveness. We give the gift of no fear, of no suffering. We give forgiveness to all and have a wish that may no beings harm one another. So this is part of our cultivation of loving kindness. So we wish that may may i have may i have happiness may i have no suffering may i have no harm no vengefulness and may others be happy may others be free from suffering may they be free from harm free from uh vengefulness may they have happiness and well-being so we cultivate love and kindness in this way in this way the mind can be gathered into samadhi which is uh, a type of happiness for the mind. And when the mind is peaceful and collected and happy in this way, then when we sleep, we have good dreams. Our faces and complexion can be bright. Our poisons and weapons are unable to harm us. This comes from the cultivation of loving kindness. So we can see that this is something of great importance uh, to do with our minds, uh, something of great importance to cultivate. So whether one's at home or at work or traveling, uh, so doing all these activities, one can build loving kindness. So before uh, the present time, a long time ago, when the Buddha was a bodhisattva, he had one lifetime described in the Jataka tales as uh, Suvana Sama. So the bodhisattva in this lifetime, uh, perfected the parami of loving kindness, and built the parami of loving kindness until it reached uh, fullness and perfection in this uh, specific lifetime. So this life started with the mother and father of the bodhisattva, were ascetics following the eight precepts, and they lived together in this way, uh, celibate and virtuous. So they're practicing the eight precepts, but the bodhisattva had chosen the womb of the mother uh, to be his uh, location of his next incarnation. So therefore Indra, the king of the uh, Tawatinksa Devas, said to the uh, male ascetic, to the father-to-be, to touch his finger to the stomach of the mother in order to uh, give rise to the bodhisattva entering the womb. In this way, the, the two ascetics wouldn't break their vow of celibacy. So upon uh, the father touching the stomach of the mother, the bodhisattva entered the womb of the mother and was born. And upon birth, the bodhisattva was seen to have a very beautiful complexion, very beautiful skin. His skin was of a golden color which is the naming, the name, or the meaning of his name. And the mother and father uh, became blind as well. So the Bodhisattva Suvanasama 
He helped his mother and father in all ways. He helped them get fruit, helped them get water, helped uh, line the walking paths to make it easy for them to go about. He helped them in every way. So this went on for some time until one day uh, a king of a nearby kingdom went to go hunting in that very forest. And his uh, in the course of his hunt, he saw the bodhisattva at a distance while the bodhisattva was gathering water. And the king wasn't sure if the bodhisattva was a human or an animal or what kind of being he was because he was so radiant and beautiful. He wasn't sure what kind of being he was. And the bodhisattva, Suvanasama, he spread loving kindness throughout the forest such that no animals ever harmed him. But when he was uh, getting water in that very moment, he forgot to do his loving kindness uh, practice. So at that point, the poisoned arrow of the king entered his body and the king uh, shot him. But even after getting shot with this poisoned arrow, the bodhisattva felt no anger. He just asked, uh, why did you shoot me? Without any aversion or vengeance in his heart, he said, I care for my mother and father who are blind. I don't uh, fear death or mind if I die, but my mother and father won't be able to live without my help. So the king was uh, surprised. He felt that he was making a very unwholesome karma to kill a being with such high virtue and parami. And then upon noticing that their son had not returned from gathering water, the mother and father went looking for him, and they eventually found him at the edge of the pond uh, close to death. So at this point, the Bodhisattva, Suvanasama, uh, spread loving kindness and made a uh, determination of truth. And because of his high level of parami, upon making this uh, determination of truth, the poison left his body and the wound healed without any mark. And because of the strength of his determination parami, he was also, the blindness of his mother and father was also cured. This is because the bodhisattva in this lifetime already had an incredibly high level of parami. He had already practiced sacrificing his life and body parts and so on to others in previous lifetimes. So this is what one needs to do in order to have parami like this, parami to this level. And some individuals may misunderstand about the karma of blindness, may think that upon death, if one donates one's eyes, after death, one donates the eyes left in one's corpse, then in the future they'll be reborn without eyes or be reborn blind. But actually it's not so. The karma to be born blind is when you uh, destroy the eyes of others. However, if you donate the eyes of your corpse, then it's actually the opposite. You'd be reborn with a very clear eyes and clear vision. This is because we do it without aversion. We do it with uh, generosity. So there's no drawback there. And one gets clear eyes. 
And this is one way to build parami. And we see that in this lifetime as Suvanasama, the Bodhisattva, cultivated the perfection of loving kindness. And he brought this parami of loving kindness to completion, to fullness. He helped his mother and father in every way. And he built great merit with his loving kindness practice. So for ourselves as well, we build merit with our loving kindness practice, spreading loving kindness to ourselves and also to others. And this can bring great upliftment and joy to our minds and hearts. And this uh, helps us in our practice of virtue of sila. So we practice uh, virtue and we practice generosity and we practice loving kindness to take care of our minds. And having been born into this world, we'll observe or encounter individuals who lack virtue, who do acts of unwholesome karma. So this point, observing this one, practices upeka, equanimity. And one reflects that individuals doing these unwholesome acts, if they reflect on the drawbacks of this behavior, then it's possible that they can change to be a good person. And then when one sees people doing good things, uh, one sees uh, good people, then one feels uh, mudita, sympathetic joy. One doesn't feel any jealousy, one rejoices with them. And when one sees beings with suffering, then one helps according to one's strength of mindfulness and wisdom uh, with compassion. So in this way, we practice loving-kindness at all times. And this is uh, the practice of Dhamma. So whether at work or at home, we do this practice. And in this way, we're able to live in the world. This is the Dhamma of loving-kindness. Because this Dhamma of loving-kindness um, supports the world. If we have metta to one another, then we're able to exist in the world and be in the world uh, in a way that's uh, peaceful. If beings are all selfish and don't have any sharing, then we're not able to live in the world. Uh, if the wealthy don't share at all, then there'll be many poor people, and these poor people end up uh, hurting the rich who don't share. So therefore, we must uh, have sharing and care for one another. We can look at the example of Anattapindika at the time of the Buddha. He shared a lot with those who were poor and impoverished. And even his name, Anattapindika, was a name given to him uh, because of his great generosity. And this name means one who is the refuge of the impoverished, the refuge of the poor. So therefore, we practice doing wholesome acts. We practice doing merit practice uh, generosity, practice loving-kindness meditation. And we practice it to be well-established in our heart at all times, to bring us uh, happiness, uh, progress, and development. So may you all be well. May you all be happy.